The text for this sermon, the theme of which is reconciled in God's love, is Romans chapter 5, verses 8 through 11. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. And more than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have re now received reconciliation. This is the text. Our dear brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, now shake hands and make up. Such words come from the mouth of a parent striving to bring some kind of reconciliation between siblings who are fighting. Of course, <laughs> such an action may come after efforts to try to get them to apologize by telling each other that they're sorry for what they did. However, such an apology may have been coerced after having to tell them, now say it like you mean it, and say it, you're sorry now. now in the end, you may be walking away wondering whether any really true reconciliation has taken place here with a renewed love for one another. Uh, we have to admit... This reconciliation thing is, is really hard business and hard work, isn't it? True reconciliation cannot happen simply by telling somebody to just kiss and make up. Oh, that it would be that easy, right? It takes much more sacrifice and work to bring about true reconciliation. Many a couple will well attest to the practice of kissing and making up only to still feel very far away from the one that they love the most in the world. True reconciliation takes a love which involves a total giving of yourself because you have undeservedly received the gift of reconciliation in God's love. In other words, it involves submission to God first and then submission to your neighbor. The definition of reconciliation is to reestablish a close relationship between or to settle or to resolve or to make friends out of enemies. Family members refusing to speak to one another people purposely avoiding each other for decades even because of deep-rooted grudges, co-workers refusing to be civil with each other, especially when they start talking their political views, and yes, people who have been baptized into Christ Jesus, refusing to have anything to do with the church 
or religion. In fact, it seems that creating conflict is so much easier than trying to resolve the conflicts which separate people. Conflict resolution is a very difficult task within which we feel very powerless at times. It is even more difficult to resolve the conflict between God and you. Why? In verse 10 of our text, Paul, speaking to Christians, says, we were enemies of God because of our condition as sinners. Colossians chapter 1, verse 21, describes us as once having been alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. People continuing to live in such a state run from God. They blame God. And they have allowed their love to grow cold. They are disobedient to God's laws. And most importantly, they refuse to confess their sins and trust in Jesus for the forgiveness that they need for life eternal. This isn't just a case of God saying, let's kiss and make up. It took something much more drastic than that recognizing how powerless we were to bring about any reconciliation with himself, God brought about the reconciliation by taking on human flesh in the person of Jesus Christ and then dying the death that our sins deserve. Verses 9 and 10 of our text tell us this. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. God's wrath that justly could punish us because of our sins. He goes on to say, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. When Christ died for us ungodly people, it was the fullest expression of his selfless unselfish and self-sacrificing love in his grace. Verse 8 of our text puts it this way. God shows his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He loved the unlovable. He didn't ask us to make up with him first. He didn't ask us to be his friend first. He didn't tell us to get right with him first. And and then he'd die for us. Rather, he made us his friends while we were still sinners. 2 Corinthians 5.19 says in in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting sinners their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. It's now in our hands, too, as well. It is the conviction of the Holy Spirit within such a reconciliation, under such a love, which brings the sinner to their knees and cries out to God, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. It is the conviction of the Holy Spirit within such a reconciliation 
and such a love that brings the sinner also to say, thank you, Jesus. I want to live for you. Thank you for your forgiveness. It is the conviction of the Holy Spirit within such a reconciliation under such a love which brings you to your loving Father as He comes to you in the Word and the sacraments. And as Paul says in verse 11 of our text, so we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. God's unique way of bringing about reconciliation between you and himself will also affect your relationship with others. When sinful divisions exist between you and others, it is important for you to take inventory of your own actions based upon who you are in Christ. Paul says in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, that God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom he has, who has been given to us. Not all conflict is sinful. Conflicts are involved in taking a stand as well against sin. Conflicts abound in the midst of striving to help someone who is hurting themselves. And such conflict, tough but necessary, is meant to help this person be motivated by God's love, which has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Sinful conflicts can arise when we forget that we are friends of God totally on the basis of His grace for us sinners. When you lose sight of God's grace in your life, you will also lose sight of His grace for other people, too. A reminder of this mutual sharing of grace happens every single time you pray these words. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. You see, recognizing that we are neither worthy of the things for which we pray, nor have we deserved them, we too will sincerely forgive and gladly do good to those who sin against us. And thus, we are reconciled in God's love. That's so important. We don't simply shake hands and make up in order to pacify someone. Sinful conflicts can also arise when you lose sight of God's grace and place expectations on others to which you yourself cannot meet up in your relationship with God. It involves self-righteous judgments in an effort to manipulate others rather than to be a presence of Christ to others. Being reconciled by God's love, the Holy Spirit will empower you to serve Him and express the same unconditional love in your relationship with others. Let's look at that a bit. To express the same unconditional love in your relationship with others. See, for the Christian, reconciliation is not just giving in to make peace with no true reconciliation taking place. It does involve giving in as an expression of the sacrifice which Jesus Christ made for sinners such as you 
and I. James chapter 5, verse 16 tells you to confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Think about where much of the lack of healing is in the broken relationships that are separated by sin. And thus being reconciled in God's love involves your pronouncing the absolution of Jesus Christ to each other in order that healed relationships can take place. This is an amazing thing. I see it so often. People finally recognize they did something wrong, they go to the other person, and they apologize, and after a whole bunch of discussion or whatever they go through in their cycle babble or whatever it is, then they finally go, that's okay. No problem. That's all right. Seriously? I mean, think about this a minute. We sin against God. We grieve the Holy Spirit. We go through the guilt of our sin, and, and that, that is a tough process to go through. We come before God. We say, God, I've sinned against you again. I've done this again. Please forgive me. Can you imagine God looking down from heaven going, that's okay. When would God ever call sin okay? When that person sins against you, it's not okay. And it's no, it's, it is a problem. And it's not all right. So you don't minimize the sin that took place. You recognize that sin. And you look that person in the eye. And you say, I forgive you. I forgive you. You can say that as a person who's a baptized child of God and it is the pronouncement of Jesus Christ himself who said, I love you this much, died on the cross and said, it is finished. Discussion is over. Reconciliation is done in God's love. You see, instead, as a child of God, into whose heart God's love has been poured through the Holy Spirit, you say, I forgive you. Not, that's okay. That's all right. No problem. I forgive you. As you live with others in your families, as you work with others in your jobs, and as you serve with others through your congregation, as you live in a relationship with the Lord, do so because you have experienced God's friendship in his unconditional love and grace in Jesus Christ. And thus, don't just shake hands and make up. Rather, kneel and give up. Give up your sins to the one who has reconciled you in his love forever. Amen. Let us rise. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. <laughs>